You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, the big three spenders on podcast ads, Trevor Noah signs to Spotify, Apple's new categories lean in on discoverability, headphones trump speakers, a programmatic ads twist, and Megan and Harry get dropped by Spotify. Okay, we are back for another week of Behind the Podcast, and I'm here with a very special guest host. We've got the head of podcasting at DM, Cam Muller. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back, Jules. No um, worries. Well, we had a lot of feedback on your last appearance <laughs> and all positive, so it's, we're happy to have you back in again. So, Stock's obviously away on holidays. We had the great Mandy filling in for him last week, but yeah, Cam's going to run through with some insights on the, uh, on the world of podcasting this week. Excited to rip in. Why don't we start with top brand spends? Um, a bit of research has come out recently, and they're talking about who the big spenders are in the American market. Obviously, this is uh, tilted towards, but it's still interesting to hear because the amount of money that people are spending is is very uh, positive, and and certainly something. If you're sitting here in Australia, you're hoping that these kind of trends continue over this way as well. They've run through, and what we've got here is the top three spenders. They estimate that BetterHelp, which is a, a mental health app mm-hmm. um, over there, is, is the highest spender in the state. So this is the number one. It's significantly more than the second. So they're spending $11.6 million, uh, last month in the month of May, which was actually a 15% month-to-month increase. It's a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. And they're spending it across 711 different podcasts as well. So it, there's a, a few shows there uh, feeling the love of that spend, no doubt. Which makes sense. There's certain advertisers that work really well for podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, better help does make sense. Um, mental health based. The fact that you have such an intimate relationship with the host means that you trust them more. So yeah. something like better help where trust is needed to yeah. um, use a service like that, I think uh, lends itself for podcast advertising to work well. For sure. And I think there's some data to support that as well, which we'll uh, touch on later. But yeah, Absolutely a great partnership there. They've spent nearly twice what the second place did, which is interesting. So the second place is a little-known company called Amazon. <laughs> uh, they're spending $6.5 million, um, and they've con- concentrated its ads on 316 shows. So half the amount of, of better help, half the amount of shows. Makes sense? Yep. And then coming in third place is HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service. They are spending about $4.2 million across 170 different podcasts. So, look, plenty of money being spent there by the top brands um, and over a lot of shows as well, which is great to see. And what's interesting is that if, if you look into these graphs on the advertising spend is you'll see that certain companies come in from month to month and they're mm-hmm. spending more and all of a sudden maybe you see Google spends a million dollars in one month but then just drops off the face. A lot of the time that's like campaign dependent. Yep. So they might be releasing a new product and then all of a sudden they wouldn't do this big blast of advertising and that goes across a whole bunch of podcasts. But a lot of these um, companies like BetterHelp or HelloFresh where it's this always on – yeah. Um, campaign, um, things like Manscaped, Calm, um, yep. a lot of these brands can just advertise over a long period of time and they'll keep on testing different shows. So yeah. they'll, they'll spend a whole bunch of money on one show and then basically keep on spending that money until 
the ROI isn't as effective for them anymore. But ultimately, the type of product or service they have means that they can just keep on advertising. Yeah. So if they haven't advertised with you yet, there's a good chance they might be knocking on your door soon. And next up, I know on this podcast, we like to talk about uh, Spotify announcements. Absolutely. So Spotify has announced that there's a new show coming. Uh, it's with Trevor Noah. Jules, I know you've been following this one closely. So do you want to give us a little bit of a run through on that? Yeah, absolutely. Trevor Noah, uh, big name, uh, big stand-up comedian. Obviously, a lot of people would know him from The Daily Show. He took over as host from Jon Stewart uh, a few years back, I think around 2016. His uh, run on The Daily Show has been really super popular. Um, he's got a lot of clout over there. and But you know, in a, quite a surprise move, he decided not to carry on with that show. And instead, he's looking at doing things like this. So th- a, big, a big coup for Spotify pulling um, Trevor Noah onto their, onto their platform. It's a Spotify original. Um, the show is actually yet to be named. But essentially, what they're saying is it won't be exclusive to the streamer. So we're seeing the end of a few of those kind of exclusive deals. Yeah. Um, but so you'll be able to listen across uh, numerous platforms, wherever you listen to your podcast, you'll be able to listen to this show. But yeah, it is going to be brought to you by Spotify. And they will obviously reap the benefits of a lot of the advertising that, that comes through that show. Yeah, and that's where they'll, they'll make their big bucks. Not making this show exclusive, just kind of points to me in a direction that Spotify's moving their business model mm-hmm. in terms of podcasting to focus more on the advertising side of things rather than the business model of we want to get subscriptions. Yeah, so that's right. By not making it just exclusive means that it increases the total potential of listeners to the show and therefore the total potential revenue that I can generate from the show if that's the direction they're going down. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that that's, that's a pretty big move from them. Yeah, for sure. So look, that one's no doubt going to get a lot of attention when it comes out. So we'll be speaking about that in the future, I am sure. We've got a bit of Apple news today, Cam. Exciting. They've added nine subcategories to the search tab across devices. So it's going to be easier for listeners to discover their new favorite show across all of the different shows that are available on the platform. So we've got a few new subcategories. We've got mental health, relationships, self-improvement, personal journals, entrepreneurship, documentary, parenting, books, and language learning. So each of these come with its own charts as well. Um, So we'll have the top shows and the top episodes available each week. So it's a really interesting way to be able to dive further in and see what's popular in those spaces. And again, great to see that these apps like Spotify who are going down the TikTokification and Apple Podcasts who are releasing these um, new charts and categories, it points to them making an effort towards discoverability. Discoverability is a huge issue. The fact that there's millions of podcasts, charts like this are an easy way for you as the user to go on, find shows that you like. And ultimately, these charts are a great social proofing discoverability tool that rewards shows with content that people engage with. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in the past we've discussed you know charts on Spotify and how much can they be trusted and, and those sorts of things. I think that feeling was because of the, all of the exclusive shows that Spotify has and all of the ones that it produces that maybe they could be pushing some of their shows up a bit further and and you know ensuring that they're always front of mind for everyone. Yep. Now Apple doesn't produce as many shows like that, so there's maybe a bit more trust in their uh, in their charts generally. And interesting, what we found with um, Spotify in particular is that a lot of the ranking is based off 
new listeners to the show. Mm-hmm. So anytime you launch a new podcast, it can be a little bit easier to yeah. game the charts and all of a sudden, you know, get a high ranking podcast. Whereas with this, it, it in the article, it reads that these charts are based off a mix of listening, follows, and completion rate. Yeah. So basically what that means is that the better your content is, the more people are engaging with it, the longer they're listening, it's going to reward you and it's going to help with your discoverability of the podcast. So if you're creating good content, you're going to get rewarded for that. Uh, the next story, we've got a bit of research out of the University of California suggesting that people are twice as likely to respond positively to messages if they hear them on their headphones rather than speakers. So this is a great little thing because apparently 93% of podcast listening happens on headphones. Who would have thought? So yeah, the research is pointing to the high effectiveness in podcast advertising. Yeah, it's interesting. And to follow your point of effectiveness in advertising jewels, the author of this article goes on to write, using headphones instead of speakers gives the feeling of a voice originating from our own head. This makes us feel the person we're listening to is physically closer to us, leading to feelings of emotional and social closeness as well. This leads to feeling more warmth and empathy for the speaker. For starters, I just love how that's written, but podcasting is, like the point I made before was, podcasting is an intimate relationship you develop with your favorite host Mm. and trust feels like the big takeaway here for brands to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of brands leverage, obviously, on that trust and it's a big reason for the appeal of of podcast advertising. I mean, you know, you do develop that relationship. You have you speak to them each week, or they speak to you more more to the point. <laughs> but you really do feel like it is an ongoing conversation. And I know personally, if I'm listening to something that I find quite engaging, and they're making points that I agree with, I have been known to audibly say yes or whatever to kind of contribute <laughs> to that conversation. So, yeah, it really speaks to just how much we do feel like we are a part of that podcaster's life. And especially as well that, for instance, if they're doing an ad read or they're recommending a product in the same way that if one of your friends recommended you to buy a certain product or watch a movie or whatever it might be, when a podcast, because you have such a strong relationship with the person you're listening to, you're going to view them in a very similar light. Yeah. All right. Well, big call for advertisers to get out there and spend more, more, more on podcast (laughs) advertising because it is very effective. (laughs) We've spoken before about all the upfronts that are happening in podcasts. So at the IAB podcast upfront a few weeks ago, ACAST's US head of sales and brand partnerships, Christina Brenton, took a twist on the usual podcast, a great story. So she made a couple of compelling cases about the dominance of dollars through a handful of podcasts damages the business. She said to the crowd that 44% of advertising allocation reaches just 500 podcasts. I feel like I might not have spoken about advertising enough uh, during this podcast <laughs> uh, episode so far. So to lead on from that point, the other fascinating stat that I found in this article was that advertisers can reach half of all weekly listeners through just 44 podcasts, which is insane to think yeah. that just 44 podcasts, you can reach half of all weekly listeners. But when it comes to things like that, contextual relevance is king. And the beauty of podcasts is that they have niche interests and audiences. So my question is, if you're a parenting brand, do you get Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. who's a dad, as, as an example, to advertise your brand? Or do you get 25 smaller parenting-based podcasts instead. The other interesting point was that um, that I kind of want to touch on as well is the programmatic and what we also call run-of-network ads in general are so important to have for podcasters. 
especially if your podcast has under 60,000 listens per month. Um, it's they're a great tool to help you earn a steady income. Mm-hmm. Generally, you have up to six ad markers per episode. So for the majority of podcasts, you're not going to have 100% of those ad markers filled by ads that are read by you. So having these programmatic and run-of-network ads are important for one, for you to be able to earn a steady income stream yep. um, and for advertisers to be able to reach your audience. Yeah, I think a lot of advertisers um, will be able to buy, obviously, you know, you'll do a Spotify ad read. You might not know which shows it's going to go on specifically, but the the way that the tool works is that it will place your ad into those kind of shows that are contextually relevant to your product, which is which is good because we all know, you know, the effectiveness of, of having uh, that contextual relevance to what the show is happening and, and, you know, that link to the brand. Yeah, and where a lot of the industry is going is that there's a lot of digital marketing money being spent on Facebook advertising, Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, all that kind of advertising. Yeah, I think what's interesting there is, you know, historically, when I started out in the advertising game, digital advertising and things like Meta and and Facebook, it was called back then, you know, it was such a small amount of the marketing spend that that companies did. Um, And it was almost like, a you know, let's see what happens. Let's just chuck it out there. You know, it's it's significantly less cost than doing a TV ad. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a crack. It's obviously just so dominant now and just a part of every uh, every marketer's spend is a significant amount goes towards social. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing this podcasting element of it is kind of like that. It's the challenger. It's the one that people are experimenting with. The stakes are pretty low and the cost is uh, relatively low to produce a, a yep. Spotify ad or, or something like that. So what they are doing is sectioning off a little bit more of their ad spend, give this a crack, see what sort of returns they get. It's becoming increasingly more and more of an effective way to get your message out there. Yeah, agree with your point, Jules. And it's a great way programmatic and run of network ads are a great toe in the water for podcast advertising. Um, But the goal is always for podcast advertising is to work towards these longer term brand partnerships Mm -hmm. with you as the host reading the ads with them. Yeah, and really, really get stuck into the trust that's been developed with the audience for you, the, the host. Okay, the final story for this week is a big one, and it has been talked about far and wide across all sorts of news sites. <laughs> it's massive. Anything that has come out you know, over the last couple of years, any big stories has probably been eclipsed somewhat by anything that's come out from Meghan and Harry. Meghan Markle and, and Prince Harry... Obviously, their relationship has had many kind of ups and downs in the media and the way that they've been covered and represented. Um, They've done some big, big deals with a lot of different companies. They had a $100 million uh, development deal with Netflix. They've had a $20 million deal with uh, Spotify, which is the one that's been in the spotlight this week because it's been canned. So they signed this in 2020 for an estimated $20 million. They were supposed to produce a few seasons under their Archwell Audio podcast banner. However, they've only managed to do 12 episodes. So a lot of people are saying that's probably not a ton of episodes to receive $20 million, and the Spotify execs would tend to agree, hence the axing. (laughs) They've been labeled as grifters by Bill Simmons. So anyone who's listened to this podcast has certainly heard Stocks and I reference Bill Simmons multiple times. He's the head of podcast innovation and monetization at Spotify. He's had a rather uh, meteoric rise himself in the in the uh, podcasting world. He sold his business 
the ringer for a couple of hundred million dollars to Spotify a few years back, and and he's remained in Spotify as a quite a, a integral part of their organization. He, on his own podcast, which I was listening to the other night and shared with a few friends, was talking about this deal being axed and just how little he thinks of of Harry and Megan and and references several meetings that he's actually had with Harry, where they've tried desperately to try and get some ideas for you know what kind of shows they might be able to make out there with little to no effect and i think if it was up to him i don't think this he would have signed that deal in the first place but yeah he's certainly happy to see the end of it it's also come out that megan didn't actually do these interviews with with some of the guests that she's had on her shows so you know there's a couple of flagship ones like serena williams where no doubt she was there but some of the other uh interviews that she did some of her staffers have actually conducted those interviews and then Megan has gone back in and re-recorded the questions afterwards to make it seem like she was indeed conducting the interview. So is this commonplace in podcasting, Cam? <laughs> is this something that you guys do over at DM Podcasts? Pay huge money and then have no involvement from the host? No, it's, it's not uh, very commonplace at all. It's common for producers to assist in the research process yeah. and help guide the host and and be part of the creative process, uh-huh. absolutely. It's a team effort. Everyone should be involved. But it's so important for the success of a podcast, I think no matter who you are, yeah. for the host to be involved and take ownership of the product. Totally. So, well, I don't think we would be anywhere near where we are without the wonderful help of our producers and the people who do the research for us each <laughs> week. But look, this certainly has ruffled a few feathers. And I think <laughs> in a world where perhaps the positivity around Megan and Harry is reducing some what um, and the ability for them to continue to go back to the well, I suppose, of, mm. of the royal family and continue to sort of bring up the stories around that. You know, is the appetite for that diminishing somewhat? And, and are they realizing that, you know, there might not be that much more content that they're able to create themselves organically? Um, so I think, you know, let's see what comes up next with the with the Netflix deal. Let's see what they do next with their Archwell audio podcast banner if they continue to try and shop that around. But, yeah, this is certainly certainly a blow and, and it'll no doubt make press whatever they do. More to come. All right. Well, that's it for another week of Behind the Podcast. Thank you very much to Cam for filling in for stocks for the week. Thanks for having me, Jules. No worries. And thanks to Ruby and thanks to Mandy for producing and running these socials for us. It's highly, highly appreciated. Uh, if you do want to follow us on the socials over at Instagram, it's behind underscore the underscore podcast. Looking forward to seeing your contributions. And if there is anything you want to hear us talk about, just DM us on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.